0: Troubled hearts often come because we focus our attention on the circumstances that we find ourselves in in this life. However, when we focus our attention on the Lord, on Jesus Christ, it can change our perspective from this world to, well, being otherworldly minded. It's not that we're to disconnect from the world that we're in. We're just to know that we have a future hope in Jesus Christ.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: So today we're going to look at the first 14 verses in John's Gospel, chapter 14. I titled this as a no-brainer in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I titled it, The Way, the Truth, and the Life. It's always good to look at the context of any passage when studying the Bible. It helps us to rightly apply the truths that are found there. In John 13, we learn that Jesus had just concluded the very first communion service with his disciples, where he announced that on that very night, one would betray him, all would scatter because of him, and one would. Would deny him three times, but it was during that Passover meal that Jesus said, verse 33, looking at chapter 13, Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer, and you will seek me. As I said to the Jews, Where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, Now Jesus' comment, Where I am going, you cannot come prompted Peter to ask the Lord Lord where are you going and what we discover in the answer it's known by the theologians his farewell discourse it takes us from chapters 14 through 17 we're going to cover it all this morning so get ready no 14 verses we'll be here for a few weeks to get through chapter 17. But I love it that Jesus not only answered Peter's question, but questions from Thomas, Philip, Judas, not a Iscariot, and the disciples as a whole. Today we're going to look at the way, the truth, and the life. And I broke it into three portions. Part one, let not your hearts be troubled, verses 1 through 6. Part two, show us the Father, 7 through 11 in part three, Greater Works 12 through 14. Let's go ahead and read the first six verses and get us into our teaching. I wanna open us with prayer after we read. I'll read for you, you can listen, read along. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. And Father, I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive from your word this morning. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord, just illuminate our understanding. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we begin, don't be troubled. And we learned in John 13, 21, that Jesus, it tells us that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And he was troubled in his spirit because of all that was coming upon him, he knew that he was going to be betrayed and that the disciples would scatter away from him, that Peter would deny him three times. He also knew that the cross was set before him, the horrific death that he would die upon the cross. Now we find that the disciples hearts were troubled as well, because Jesus revealed to them that they could not Follow him he was going someplace that they were not able to follow him at that time later on he would say that they would follow indeed but at this time Jesus had to walk the path of the cross alone it's through Christ Jesus that we are saved and not the works of the corporate body of the church but it's the work of one and then the church birth from that work of the one Jesus Christ Now, I have often found the command of Jesus, let not your heart be troubled, a troubling command, because I have noticed in my life that there's a number of times that my heart has been troubled. I take this phrase, let not your heart be troubled, and I think, Lord, easier said than done, because I've often had a troubled heart. And although my my heart has often been troubled, and probably yours as well, we find here in John 14 that Jesus gives us several keys how we might prevent our hearts from being troubled. First of all, we discover in verse 1 that we need to believe. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The Greek word for believe here is pistuo, and it means to have faith, belief, to place a confidence in. In or to have a trust in, and Jesus admits to his disciples, I like this because I think it goes perfect with believe, receive, grow, and go. What have I been saying? I said, Before you can believe in Jesus, receive him as your savior. You need to believe that God is, and Jesus acknowledges to his disciples here, You believe in God, believe also in me. So he acknowledges to them that they have already placed this confidence. This trust in God. Now he's asking them to place an equal confidence, an equal trust in himself, in Jesus Christ himself. The same way that they have this faith and trust in God, they should also have this faith and trust in Jesus. Therefore, the first key that we discover in having an untroubled heart is our belief in God and his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, in John eleven twenty five 25 and 26 I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die do you believe this we have to have that belief in God and an equal belief in Jesus Christ himself secondly one of the ways that we can have an untroubled heart well mansions Not mansions here on this earth, but a mansion up in heaven. He said in verse 2, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Therefore, I go to prepare a place for you. Monet is the Greek word that's translated as mansions here. It also means to have an abode, that there are many places to dwell in. Many dwelling places, we could say. And Jesus takes them now from their earthly situation where often there are many reasons for our hearts to be troubled, and he begins to focus their attention on their future heavenly home and where Jesus was going in advance of them to prepare a place for them. And I think that, again, is another key that we can have of having an untroubled heart. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with our earthly circumstances that we forget to look up and to remember that in my Father's house are many mansions and that Jesus has went in advance to prepare a place for us. Psalm 61 verses two through four says, From the ends of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower for my enemy." And I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. He's talking about a place that's higher than I. Uh, we think of a, a cliff of refuge. He referred to a, a strong tower from the enemy. That, that There is that place of shelter, a place to abide in. He says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will shelter on your wings. And sometimes we all go through troubled seasons in our lives and sometimes all we need to do is get a proper perspective. Troubled hearts often come because we focus our attention on the circumstances that we find ourselves in in this life. However, when we focus our attention on the Lord, on Jesus Christ, it can change our perspective from this world to, well, being otherworldly minded. It's not that we're to disconnect from the world that we're in we're just to know that we have a future hope in Jesus Christ Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 for we know that if our earthly house this tent is destroyed we have a building from God a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens sometimes all we have to do is get our minds set in the proper perspective to avoid having a troubled heart Also to remember that Jesus is coming. He said in verse 3, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And we have this heavenly hope through faith in God, through Jesus Christ, Jesus promising to go in advance. He's done that through the cross, and he's preparing an abode, many mansions. As I read that earlier to you, I was thinking that, There is enough room. We don't have to worry about no vacancy signs in heaven. Uh, Getting to Peter's gate. I don't know why they call it Peter's gate, but that is what tradition has come down to, that we're going to have to go through Peter's gate, and he's going to do an interrogation when we go to heaven to see if we can get in or not. You've seen the analogies of such things, but there's going to be no no vacancy signs there. Heaven is open to all, to all who have placed their hope in Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an arched angel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive will and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. He said, if I go, I'm coming again, and Paul writes about the Lord returning again, raising up those who had died in faith, and then also those who are living, that we would be caught up together with the Lord to always be with the Lord Therefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, I have officiated at several funerals now, even before I became your pastor at Calvary Chapel of Lake Villa. And there is one thing that is very common when I do funerals. There is a big difference between those who are grieving the death of a loved one that did not have faith or those who maybe nobody has faith. And I'm just doing a funeral for someone that They are without faith in Jesus Christ. There's a huge difference to those who are grieving the loss of a loved one that was a great woman, a great man of faith, even a, a child of faith. And the difference is they know that their loved ones, they'll see them again. Of course, they both grieve the loss of that loved one. But the believers grieve with hope that they'll see their loved one again, because they're placing that hope in Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. Again, from the same chapter I just read, verses 16 through 18, now 13 through 14, that which precedes those verses. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him those who sleep in Jesus. That we have this hope. We do not sorrow like the rest of the world. So don't be troubled. And three keys that the Lord gave us in how to have untroubled hearts in this life. First of all, we need to believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ. Secondly, we need to know that he is preparing a place for us in heaven many mansions, and thirdly, that Jesus is coming again. And I believe that that third one, uh, for many, is difficult. You know, you might hear someone say, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming again my whole life. Some of us have a lot longer life to hear that. Some a shorter life. But it's true. But I think the difference is, for those who do not set their hearts on the return of Jesus Christ then even as believers they can get themselves caught up in the things of this world but to have this hope that Jesus is coming again and that he can come at any time when he chooses it gives us this heavenly mindedness that we could live for his glory secondly we see in this don't be troubled that the way to the Father verses 4 through 6 where Jesus said, where I go, you know the way. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Now, I'm glad that Thomas asked this question. We know Thomas is doubting Thomas, and he's had this little black cloud over his name ever since the Lord resurrected from the grave that first Sunday morning. And he happened not to be in church with the other disciples tells us the Lord showed up and Thomas was missing. It was eight days later when the Lord came when Thomas was there. Just a reminder of the importance of showing up. You never know. It could be that the Lord will show up one Sunday and you're just like, eh, it's kind of late, we're not going today. Maybe Jesus will show up and and you'll, you'll miss a blessing for eight days or even longer. But I'm glad he asked this question. Because through Jesus' response, we have this clear declaration that there is only one way to God, and it's through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And although our world teaches that there are many ways that lead to heaven, Jesus placed the path to heaven solely upon his work, his death, burial, and resurrection. He said, I am the way. Jesus did not say that he knew a way to heaven but he declared, I am the way, in verse 6. You know, the apostle Peter would preach on, to the city of Jerusalem in Acts four twelve, saying, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. Jesus said, I am the way. He also said in verse 6, I am the truth. And Jesus did not say that there are many other truths, but he said, I am the truth. And we have that in our world today. It's like, what's truth? You know, your truth might be good for you, but it's not my truth. Well, Jesus has put an exclusive on this. I am the truth. And in John 8, 31 and 32, and also verse 36, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. In verse 36, I love it. For therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. It all hinges on knowing the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That truth, Jesus Christ. He's also the life. He did not say that there were many sources of life, but that I am the life. In John 1, verses 4 and 5, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. We discover that in our world today that there are many who do not comprehend the light of Jesus Christ. The light is shining it's evident for all to see but many do not comprehend they do not believe as we learned during our family camp weekend I think the week before I presented this uh, before family camp that for the average adult to come to faith in Jesus Christ they need to hear the gospel at least seven times they need to hear it at least seven times you know that gives me hope in many ways Uh, We, one of our big fears about sharing our faith of Jesus with others is that we'll be rejected. Well, they're going to reject you six out of the seven times. So get used to it. And just know that you can be one of the seven. That perhaps someone will come after you that will help bring a little more clarity. That they can see the light. Jesus the way to an untroubled heart, we need to believe. We need to know that he is in heaven preparing a place for us. We need to know that he's coming again. And we need to know that he is the only way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. And faith in the way, the truth, and the life is the cure for a troubled heart. We also find that the importance of believing in Jesus verses 7 through 11 verses 7 through 9 we find show us the father Jesus said if you have known me you would have also known my father also I threw in an extra also there if you had known me you would have known my father also and from now on you know him and have seen him Philip said to him Lord show us the father and it will be sufficient for us and Jesus answered and said. Have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Once again, more questions from the disciples, but I love it that they're asking questions. That's how we learn when we ask questions. You know, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information about Philip himself, but here's what we know from the Gospel of John that when Jesus first found Philip, we read it in John 1, Jesus said to Philip, follow me. Philip immediately went out and he found Nathaniel. He's also known as Bartholomew, uh, as one of the disciples, but he testified to Nathaniel, saying, John 1, 45 and 46, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Jesus said to Philip, Follow me. And Philip followed the Lord and then said, I got to go tell my friend about this, Nathanael. And he went and found Nathanael. Now, Nathanael doubted, but eventually he came and he would testify. Because of Philip's testimony, Nathanael came to Jesus and finally would testify in John 1 49 Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Again, the importance of sharing our faith with others. And I hope that you're willing to share your faith with your family, with your friends, even with strangers, that they might come to meet the Lord. So we've seen today in this message, the way, the truth, and the life. One of the ways to don't be troubled, well, it's faith in the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, it's a cure for the troubled heart. Secondly, we've seen that we need to believe in Jesus and to believe and to receive Jesus it's equal to believing and receiving God. I, I truly believe you can't have one without the other. Well, oh, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in God. What? That doesn't make sense. Or I believe in God, but and a lot of people will say this, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, the two are connected. They're one with one another. May we be willing to seek the Lord to do greater works in our midst that we can participate, that we might have fruit, fruit that remains, that the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father would be glorified through our lives. Let's go ahead and stand and we'll close in prayer. We've got our worship team coming to lead us in a song. And if you do have a prayer need, I'll be down front for the prayer needs that you may have. And Father, We pray that you would be with us today. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of scripture from John 14. And I know, Lord, in this passage that we've been guilty of having uh, troubled hearts when we shouldn't. Lord, we have been guilty of not having the right faith or belief in you when we should. And Lord, we have been guilty of not giving the glory to you and maybe even receiving the glory for ourselves when it's the glory is all due to you in our lives lord help us to be a people that would seek your face that our hearts would not be troubled that we would have faith in you through our savior jesus christ that you would be glorified through our lives we pray in the name of jesus amen
1: calvary chapel is a fellowship of believers in the lordship of jesus christ